Support for my fellow Kansans and the following message comes from the Kansas Leadership Center, offering leadership development training in Wichita, Kansas City, and online. Use promo code MFK for a registration discount. Leadership for the common good. KansasLeadershipCenter.org. Let's just say Democrat Laura Kelly didn't get off to a stellar start at one of the first big events in her campaign for governor. Anyway, I am, I'm Laura Kelly. I'm a state senator. I'm also a wife, a mother, and the proud daughter born into a military family. At a Democratic debate well, last spring, she stumbled through her explanation of the Kansas very reason she's running, to fix the damage she says was done by former Governor Sam Brownback's tax cuts, damage to the public schools and communities that drew her to Kansas. Those things are at risk because of the rigid ideology of Sam Brownback and Jeff Collier. They have used, they have mortgaged our futures, and they've done that to give breaks to those who least needed them. They've treated Kansans like guinea pigs, and their failed experiment has resulted in larger classes, crumbling highways, and I'm forgetting, in a stagnant economy. Kansas City Star columnist Melinda Henenberger wrote that Kelly's performance alarmed some Democrats, made them worry whether she was ready to take on Secretary of State Chris Kobach, the firebrand conservative with a big personality who Republicans picked as their nominee for governor. Kelly heard the whispers and appeared determined to silence them with her opening statement on a very hot mic at the Kansas State Fair. This past eight years, we have gone through a world of hurt. So now we have a very important choice. Do we end the experiment once and for all? Or do we hand the wheel to a man who has promised to drive us right back into the ditch? Writing about that debate in a column headlined, Is That You, Laura Kelly?, Hannenberger noted that Kelly's newfound energy and crisp, combative, and loud performance had fired up Democrats in the crowd. I'm Jim McLean, and this is My Fellow Kansans, a podcast from the Kansas News Service. It took a while, but Laura Kelly found her footing, and now she's battling Chris Kobach down to the wire in a governor's race that will determine whether Kansas continues its sharp right turn or pivots back to its traditional center. We share a joint responsibility to give our citizens quality services rendered effectively, efficiently, and economically. A tradition embodied by a long line of moderate Republicans and some middle-of-the-road Democrats like former Governor Bob Docking. On this episode, we get acquainted with Laura Kelly, a Democrat in the Docking mold. When I got into the Senate, at most I've had nine other Senate Democrat colleagues. She's the top Democrat on the state Senate's budget writing and health committees. She has a tendency to get into the weeds on policy, and she sees herself as a consensus builder. We need 21 votes to pass anything, so it was clear I needed to go across the aisle. Laura Kelly is at home in the Statehouse, where we met up to talk, if not yet in the governor's mansion. Would it be fair to say that you were a bit of a reluctant candidate, at least at first? Yeah, I mean, I've been asked to run for governor uh, a few times. This time around, I really felt that Uh, The state's been through so many trials and tribulations over the past eight years uh, that I just could not sit back and and, um, stay out of the race, that I I really felt that I had sort of the portfolio, uh, the experience, uh, and the relationships uh, to win. Speaking of relationships, uh, 
it's pretty well known that you and former Governor Kathleen Sebelius are pretty good friends. What role did she play in convincing you to go ahead and jump in? Uh, you know, I did have conversations with uh, Governor Sebelius, uh, absolutely no doubt about that, as I did with a number of other people in deciding uh, whether or not uh, to get into this race. Take me back to that decision-making process just a little bit. I think you told me a story once we were just chatting during the legislative session and you were ruminating on this and you would take long walks up on the, what, the trails by Cedarcrest and just think about this. Is, was that part of your, your process? Yeah, as I, you know, I think things through, and it's a big leap from the state senate to the governor's office, and, and I had to um, convince myself that it was a role I could play uh, and a job that I could do, and walking around Cedar Crest, which is the, is the governor's home, you know, allowed me to put myself in that place and, and sort of visualize it. And, you know, I finally came to the conclusion that, yeah, I could do this and I have to do this. Kelly can now picture herself living at Cedarcrest, the governor's mansion, but standing in her way is Chris Kobach, the conservative Republican who says that Kelly is far too liberal for a Kansas that has for decades been moving steadily to the right. Do you think Laura Kelly is a worthy opponent? Yeah, she's a, she's absolutely a worthy opponent. She's a, you know, she articulates a fairly extreme left point of view uh, in Kansas anyway, especially for Kansas, um, but she does it well. You know, I think she's uh, misrepresenting my record when she has an ad running where she says uh, he actually said our schools are overfunded. When Sam Brownback slashed school funding with his tax experiment, he attacked what makes Kansas special. Chris Kobach supported Brownback's plan, and he actually says our schools are overfunded. For me, doing right Kobach insists he never said that, mission. even though he did say that he would have vetoed a bill signed by Governor Jeff Collier that increases public school funding by more than $500 million. I did not say we should be cutting funding for schools. Uh, I said that the number, the 500 plus million dollar uh, increase was too much. But, and this is key to Kelly's argument, Kobach has promised to slash spending and then cut taxes, just like Brownback did. He will say that he never said our schools are overfunded, but the very act of returning to the Brownback tax experiment will result in serious cuts all across the board, uh, but specifically for education because that's where uh, the bulk of our state funding goes. Well, let's talk about that in a second because he does very much bristle at that charge that you've leveled at him where you say he has said that Kansas schools were overfunded. You are doing a bit of extrapolating there, right? Jim, I have 14 years uh, on the Ways and Means Committee, the Budget Committee. I know the budget. I know that if you're talking about cuts uh, to make up for the Brownback tax experiment, uh, that you have got to be talking about cutting education. That's where so much of our state general fund money goes. I'm sure there are a fair number of voters out there who aren't all that familiar with your work and reputation in the Kansas Senate, but they watch a lot of television, and they'll probably head to the polls and look at the ballot and look for liberal Laura Kelly on the ballot. 
because you know every every ad that airs against you uh, from I could the Repub- have written, I could have written those ads, Jim. Right from the Republican you know Governors Association, etc., refers to you as quote unquote liberal Laura She's Kelly. Kelly opposes requiring work for welfare benefits, and she supports illegal immigrants getting tax. Liberal Laura Kelly likes to hike taxes. She's Kelly talking about fund. extra money for government, not you, liberal Laura Kelly. You're a strong supporter of abortion rights. You're for Medicaid expansion. You're okay with repealing tax cuts slash raising taxes, call it what you will, to increase funding for public education. You'd like to roll back state laws that permit people to carry concealed handguns on college campuses. So in the context of Kansas politics, why isn't it fair to call you a liberal? Uh, I don't think that it is fair uh, to put that kind of label or any kind of label on me. You know, I'm really just a sort of no-nonsense, very pragmatic problem solver. I deal with issue by issue, uh, and I, I really don't have an ideological bone in my body. Maybe not, but what she does have is keen political instincts. During her time in the state Senate, Kelly has voted for tax cuts and against them. And she did, in fact, along with almost every other member of the legislature, vote for the law Chris Kobach pushed to require proof of citizenship to register and photo ID to vote. She now says that was a mistake. Finally, she voted to keep guns out of schools and hospitals, but also supported a bill that allows Kansans to carry concealed weapons without a permit. Uh, In terms of the constitutional uh, carry bill uh, that was passed, I actually did vote for that. Uh, Not long after that, though, I realized that that had gone way too far. And we will craft a gun sense policy for the state of Kansas, and I will use the governor's office. During the primary campaign this year, Josh Swatty called Kelly on the carpet for hedging on gun control. We lost common sense with Kansas gun laws when constitutional carry passed. We should have stopped this when we had the chance at 2015, and we needed Democrats that knew that then and knew enough to stand up and say no. Well, Kelly's have-it-both-ways position on guns gave her a bit of trouble during the primaries, but in the general election, her middle-of-the-roadness could be part of a winning formula. Just ask Kelly's friend and supporter, Kathleen Sebelius. I am a pro-choice, progressive Democrat. I got elected four times statewide, and... I had very clear voting records. I had very clear positions on issues. So there were a lot of Kansas voters who might not have agreed with each one of my positions, but they were willing to cross a party line or cross even a philosophical line or ignore a position or two because they liked the bulk of the work that I did. In her initial run for governor, Sebelius faced former Kansas House Speaker Tim Schallenberger, the first social conservative to win the GOP nomination. And she got plenty of crossover support from Kansas voters who were worried less about same-sex marriage or even abortion than they were about jobs, the economy, and especially schools. It's the issue that in 2002 was the biggest dividing line between Tim Schallenberger and me. Um, I said, we will fund schools. I will not cut school funding. In fact, we need to increase it. Tim Schallenberger said at one famous point, I would entertain cuts in schools. We knew at the point that that sentence came out of his mouth that that could be the end of the race because there were enough Kansas voters Republicans, independents, and Democrats who felt that school funding was their absolute number one issue. Particularly Republicans in Johnson County. You bet. 
Right. But Republicans elsewhere. Right. If they, you ask them what you want state government to do, that was number one. In 2018, Laura Kelly is banking on funding for public schools, once again being a top issue. And because Democrats are still outnumbered by both Republican and unaffiliated voters in Kansas, Kelly has to have crossover support, and a lot of it, to win what amounts to a three-way race with Republican Chris Kobach and Independent Greg Orman, who, despite his low poll numbers, has rejected calls to stop campaigning. Some big-name Republicans are doing what they can to help deliver those crossover votes. I have been a Republican my entire life and inherited that from my father and my mother. Laura Kelly is the only Democrat I have ever endorsed for public office. Former Governor Bill Graves was the first to go public. So how do you know her? She was running the, it was called the Sunflower State Games back Mm -hmm. in the mid-80s. Uh, which was essentially sort of a, a state Olympic competition type thing. And I was uh, coming into office as, as a secretary of state. Uh, and um, through her, her work with Parks and Recreation, she and I got acquainted. And um, I was able over many, many years uh, to see her off and on, you know, living and working there in Topeka and uh, believe I have a pretty good grasp of the the, the type of person she is. And and, you know, having been governor for eight years and knowing what uh, the job entails and, and the skill set that I think is required, um, she just undoubtedly, to me, is the individual that, that we ought to put in that position. So you're sending a signal, I think, to other moderate Republicans searching for a place to go in this election who may be, who may be kind of wrestling with the Kelly-Orman question. And you're pointing them toward... Kelly, do you, do you think they'll heed that? Well, I, I certainly hope it encourages people to stop and think about what they're planning to do with something that, that seems more and more precious every day, and that's their, their vote. Um, election outcomes, as we're seeing firsthand, both at the national and the state level, election outcomes matter. They matter in terms of public policies that get enacted. They matter in terms of how public policies are administered. I mean, this really matters. Everyone ought to to move past this tribal party notion and say to themselves as an individual, as as a working mother or father, as a college student, as a, you know, as a retiree, whatever your station in life, what, what sort of individual should I be looking for to lead this state, I happen to believe Laura's an excellent choice, and to the extent people, you know, find some guidance in my recommendation, um, that'd be great. Kelly says she's honored to have Graves' endorsement, along with those of former Governor Mike Hayden and former Republican Senators Nancy Landon Kassebaum and Sheila Fromm, who are encouraging fellow moderates to vote for the Democrat in this governor's race. We had a lot of those moderates already supporting me before, uh, but for those who weren't paying as close attention, I think it did send a very, very loud message. As a voter, do you vote the party line? Uh, you know, of course, ballots are supposed to be secret, so I shouldn't tell you, but no, I, I vote for the person. You know, I, uh, I grew up in a Republican family, Jim, and, and uh, I was actually registered as an independent for uh, a long 
large part of my adult life uh, and didn't become a Democrat uh, really until the, the early 90s. I don't have a built-in party preference. I really am going to look for the person um, who will represent the values and issues that are important to me. Uh, you know, I, and I think that's you know, evidenced by the relationships that I have and the endorsements that I've gotten is that uh, I'm not seen as terribly partisan. Well, my fellow Kansans, now it's your turn to decide. Your turn to add to the history we've been exploring for the past several weeks. We always vote, and I just feel like you can't complain about what's going on if you don't vote. I really don't see myself voting for anybody um, who doesn't support gun rights and who is you know, for abortion. Expanding Medicaid, um, I think that that's important because we're seeing small rural hospitals close. A lot of the businesses here depend on immigrants. Immigration, what's going on at the border right now with all the people coming in from Central America, um, it's concerning me. Education. Education is huge. Basically just gutting it in Kansas, which is terrible. It's the same thing that's happening down in Oklahoma. Y'all registered to vote? All right. You're registered to vote, I'm sure, right? That's important. If we don't do it, look who we're going to get for governor. Good Lord, this, this whole state's going to turn upside down if Cobalt gets him. Um, I think he's like a Trump man. He's strong. He's courageous. He will do what he says he's going to do. He's brilliant. Would you like the yard sign? But I do think Mr. Orman is very probably going to get my check mark. Don't take my guns, touch my guns. Uh, I go right with the right to life ballot. Uh, I'm more moderate on um, abortion issues. I'm more moderate on women's rights issues. Well, obviously the state budget has been quite a disaster. The political side of it, they've just forgotten about the farmer over the years. I, I just want to, I just don't understand where we're going. <laughs> you know, I just see that we're going down the wrong path. The governors actually have a lot of say in how the nation goes, comparatively to sometimes senators. I figure my vote could be the one. <laughs> the results of this year's election and its consequences, that's next time on My Fellow Kansans. My Fellow Kansans is a production of the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations in Kansas. The podcast is written and reported by Jim McLean, edited by Amy Jeffries, and mixed by Matthew Long Middleton. The production team includes Beth Golay, Nadia Foe, Scott Cannon, and me, Grace Lotz. Primary Color Music composed our theme. Jordan Kirtley designed our logo. Several Kansas News Service reporters, Stephen Pisaha, Madeline Fox, Nomeen Ujiadine, and Celia Yopis Jepson contributed a little something to this episode. Special thanks to Neil Carruth of NPR and the NPR training team. If you liked this episode, leave us a review. It only takes a minute and it helps other people discover our podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at KS News Service. <laughs>